Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. So if you're going through a, a really difficult time, um, what would you recommend doing in the moment to try to cultivate more balance? You talked about patience and things like that. Yeah. Um, what's a good way, like, in the thick of it to do that? Yeah. So a couple different things. So number one, um, Sometimes we get caught in the middle of a rainstorm, right? Uh, and then we do our best to find shelter. Ideally, we've got our rain gear. So the first thing is to actually take a step back and really recognize when everything's going well, that's the time to work on developing our resources. That's the time to get your gear together so you've got your rain gear and your emergency kit and your, you know, so that when the hurricane comes, when the storm hits, you, we have our supplies. They're there for us when we need them. So whenever possible, don't wait until we're in the throes of, right? We don't always have a choice, but it's important to acknowledge like this path is about developing those resources as much as possible so that when we get slammed, we've got a ground and we've, we've built already. Um, so I think, you know, relying on whatever resources you do have, knowing your strengths, you know, knowing what are your strengths. Is it stamina? Is it patience? Um, is it wisdom? Is it understanding things? You have a sharp mind and you can understand. So play to your strengths. Really, really know what can I, what can I lean on right now? You know, if, you, if compassion isn't easy for you, it's probably not the time to start, you know, trying to develop compassion. It's great if you can, but use the, use the tools you have. Okay, so that's one thing. Um, reach out. Don't try to do it alone particularly making an assumption, but as men, that's most of our conditioning, is to, you know, grit your teeth and bear it. It's not necessary, really. So reach out to people. Uh, pick up people you haven't talked to in years, who you think will be there for you. Pick up the phone, say, hey, I'm having a hard time. You think you could talk. You'd be amazed. People will be there for you if you ask. And remember that you're not alone. Whatever you're experiencing, someone else has experienced. Someone else is probably experiencing right now. Our suffering connects us. When we don't have wisdom, it seems like it separates us. We feel very alone in it. But if we look closely, we can recognize that it's, it's actually a doorway to, to connection. As we realize that this is part of being human. So... Um, in, in whatever ways you can to allow yourself to open to what's happening, 
to, to let it break your heart. Let it soften your heart, and that will open you to, to more compassion and connection with others. Yeah, Dee. Just wait for the microphone. So I kind of know the answer to the question, but I guess since the question popped up in my mind, I must need to hear it again. So how do? So when like a thought, unhealthy thought, like a memory of something that's unpleasant. As it comes up, what is the difference between, you know, going to the edge or suppressing it? Uh Uh-huh. Well, thoughts are tricky because they move so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something that we each need to get a, a feel for. There's not really, I think, a succinct answer because um, <clears throat> the mind is very slippery mm-hmm. and uh, it's really good at diluting itself. So <clears throat> we need to uh, um, kind of a few things. One, we need to get to know ourselves, get to know what our tendencies are. So usually there's a spectrum, but usually we fall on one end of the spectrum. Either we tend to go into things and really like get consumed by them or we tend to shrug them off. We tend to kind of avoid them or just push them aside. That's, you know, again, I'm, I'm generalizing a lot, but usually we fall into, when push comes to shove, one of those two camps. So to know what your tendency is and to course correct in the other direction. You know? um, so if your tendency is to kind of you know, uh, it's all right. I don't really need to deal with it. It'll be okay. I just kind of like leave that over there. If that's the tendency, then probably turn towards it a little bit more. Try to really let it in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we need to look at our intention and to be really honest with ourselves. See, am I, and this is, this is an investigation that doesn't end. It gets more and more subtle. Am I being with this so that it'll go away? Or am I genuinely interested in exploring and understanding this experience? The levels, the layers of resistance and manipulation go very deep. And so the practice is one of continually refining our ability to to perceive more and more subtle layers of just a slight resistance, a slight amount of control. The other place to look is the result. So when I am with experience in this way, whether it's a thought or an emotion or a sensation or a situation, um, what's the result? Does the heart feel lighter, more open, more flexible? Um, Less self-focused, clear, more, more clear and bright? Or does the heart feel a little bit more tense or narrow or circumspect or brittle? 
or resistance. And so that's another signal. So depending on you know the the the, the direction of practice in the long run, not so you know we don't always feel bright and open and flexible, right? That's not the way the path unfolds. But in the long run, is that the trajectory? And so that's another, another place that you can look to see. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah Greg. Um, could you give a couple of examples of going, instead of going straight at something, going to the edge and let me j maybe just give two examples Please. you know one one might be that pain you know that pain in your back or right. pain in the that just doesn't seem like it is ever going to go away the other might be you know somebody who you think a lot of who lays it on you and says you're the worst person in the world and it uh -huh. it really hurts yeah, yeah. so Great. you know okay. just you. um yeah um So one, one just kind of overarching comment is with all of these practices and tools, um, it's generally, the, the general recommendation is to, uh, you could say, stay within, within our right range. So to stay within the zone of what one colleague of mine calls strategic discomfort. So if we're too comfortable, we just go to sleep and don't grow. If we're too uncomfortable, we get overwhelmed and we don't learn. So there's a zone in the middle where we're uncomfortable enough that we really need to pay attention. It's like, why am I struggling here? What's going on? You know, why is the heart not at peace? But it's not so much that we're overwhelmed. And so it's in that zone of strategic discomfort that we start to learn like what the difference is between suppressing or avoiding and really being with something, or how to go to the edge without falling in. So the example you give about the person who says mean things to you that are really awful and it really gets into your heart, that might be not the place to start. Okay, So that's just kind of one, one reference point. Um, so with the unpleasant sensation, and we'll, we'll do a guided meditation after this discussion, uh, where I explore this with you some more. But for example, so uh, pain in the shoulder, sharp, stabbing, aching. Um, so first to kind of see in the body, okay, where don't I feel that pain? Oh, it's not in my hand. It's not in the other shoulder. Okay, so just start there. And then to kind of sort of like zoom in a little bit, you know. So awareness is like, uh, it's like a lens with an aperture that can widen and narrow, okay? So right now, let's just do a little experiment. So you don't have to get all zen, just <laughs> be normal. Just close your eyes for a sec and just become aware again of the sensations in your hands. Okay, and now see if you can be aware of just the sensation in your first finger of one hand, so narrowing it even further. And maybe just the tip of that first finger of one hand. And now begin to widen your, the lens of your awareness. See if you can be aware of your whole torso, whole upper body. And widening even further, can you feel your whole body 
just generally, the whole mass of your body. And now, see if you can expand your awareness to the space just around your body without opening your eyes, like an inch or two around your body, so that you might be aware that there isn't anyone leaning up against you. So there's the absence of pressure. Maybe you're aware of the person sitting next to you six or eight inches away. Do you see that? How the awareness can kind of spread out even beyond the body. Allow your awareness to spread out even further, sensing the space of the room. There might be a mental image that arises in your mind. Some say it's just some sense of the, the wider space of the room. And then you could expand even further to the space outside the building, above and around. And then just coming back to feeling your hand. Okay, so this is the aperture of awareness. It can narrow and widen. So in exploring an unpleasant sensation, we work with with that capacity of awareness to first explore the regions around the sensation and then slowly approach it until we find the edge, where on one side it, it feels okay, it's neutral, and then on the other side is the beginning of that unpleasant sensation. And we can just kind of hang out there at that edge, and then we can start to explore how, how big is the sensation, how much area does it take up, how thick or dense is it, does it have a shape, is it moving or changing. Allow awareness to begin to penetrate into the sensation a little bit and then back off. Okay. And then it's the same in the heart. So whenever there's any kind of meaning, emotion or perception that's difficult in our life, usually it's here. You know, the throat, the chest, the heart, sometimes the belly. But this, this kind of core channel is where we tend to experience emotion, uh, loss, grief, pain, these kinds of experiences. And those occur, they're emotional sensations, but they have a physical manifestation. And so in the same way, we can work with those emotions, uh, bringing awareness around them, literally. Having a sense of holding the experience with tenderness, with kindness. The Buddha has a very beautiful, a couple of very beautiful teachings uh, that he gives on being with um, pleasant and unpleasant experiences of various kinds. There's one in which he talks about agreeable and disagreeable courses of speech, the ways people can speak to us harshly or gently, um, or being with agreeable or disagreeable sense contact. In, this, in a way that doesn't allow those sensory contacts to invade our mind and remain. And he uses these different analogies, visual images, to describe how to meditate. Saying that one should make one's meditation like water. Saying that people, you, you can wash anything in the water, clean or dirty, pure or impure, and the water you know, 
is able to sustain that. Or like trying to burn a river, you can't do it. He says to make one's meditation like water. He says to make your meditation like fire that can burn anything up. Or to make your meditation like air that, that blows over everything, clean and dirty, great and small. To make one's meditation like space, formless, unmanifest, open, expansive. Anything can pass through it. And so this is, this is a instructions that he gives in one place to his son, again, Rahula, for developing equanimity. He says, if you make your meditation, if you make your mind uh, to have these qualities of the five elements, water, earth, fire, air, and space, then agreeable and disagreeable contacts w- contact will not invade your heart and remain, just as water, air, fire, wind and space can um, absorb all of these different kinds of experiences without being affected. Any other questions or comments on this? Yes, this, this gentleman here. Sometimes these little incidents of, why, why is it sometimes these little incidents of life really knock us out of equanimity or out of our mindfulness, and yet really like life-threatening stuff gives us this incredible sense of clarity and power. Mm. That's a great question. What do you think? (laughs) What's your sense? There's no choice when you have the life-threatening. There's absolutely no debate about it. There's no choice. Yeah. It has your full undivided attention. Right. It grabs you to the core. Yeah. But why do the other things sneak up and grab you so hard? That's the question. Well, I think you just, I think you're onto it. I think you stumbled on something quite, quite insightful there. Because with the, with, the, with the little things, the delusion of control is not seen. Because right? we still believe that we should be able to control it. Like when you get that fender bender. And it's like, God, I, I, I should have known better. I should have, I, should, I could have, I would have. How come I didn't? Right? So that, that, that belief in a sense of self that is in charge of reality is there's still enough delusion there that there's the mind wants to think that there could have been some way to prevent it. Whereas when those life-threatening situations come, like Michelle going down that hill in, the, in hydroplaning, it's totally clear. Like, I have no control here. So the mind lets go. I think, that that, I think that's a factor, is that the level of delusion in the belief of control and choice. I think also that, you know, I mean, we all are working with different wound, wounding, you know, as, as human beings in the psyche around, you know, whether it's being loved or abandoned or belonging or 
self-worth. It has its different flavors, you know, for each of us. But, um, you know, based on our life experiences or, you know, depending on what your worldviews are, you know, how, what we came into this world with, there are these tender spots. Um, and I think sometimes different events, which on the surface seem like they shouldn't matter at all, end up kind of like touching a tender spot. You know, like it's if, you, if you have a bruise and someone brushes up against you and it really hurts, it's not because they brushed up against you, it's because there's a bruise there. There's a place of sensitivity that's healing. So I think we have these places in our heart that, um, that, are, that are hurting, that need love and attention and healing. And so when something when something pings that particular place, it seems like it's an insignificant thing, but the place it's touching is so tender that it really hurts. I think that's another aspect of it. Thanks. Okay. It seemed like when this hit me, that it came to me I could do something about it, even with the trauma, and I might not. And also, the glide path to death really looked very clear. It looked, I can do that. Mm. And then I looked at life and I go, that's a cluster. Mm. Mm. Fill in blank. <clears throat> that's puzzling. Mm. But yet the little stuff, mm. an act of mind, less than mindfulness yesterday, and then a response, and another, or a reaction, and a reaction, and a reaction, and just a whole mm. calamity of events took place yesterday. And we're both looking at, can you believe that happened? Mm. I go, no. Again, equanimity grows slowly, you know, so it's, life reveals to us the places that we need to grow and learn, you know, so I think there's, there's, this path is also mysterious sometimes, there's so many different conditions to any, mo any one given moment, sometimes we can't make sense of things, and, you know, it's enough to just do our best to learn from, from experience. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So let's, let's shift gears here. And uh, let's do one more guided practice to, uh, to close, to close our, our afternoon. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support Oren's work, you can donate at orenjsofer.com forward slash support. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.